Welcome to Craft Advice, a podcast to help investors tackle the more complex area of their personal and business finances. Join Jack and Sean as we discuss everything from investing to retirement and everything in between. Just got to dive into it. Head first, unless the pool is shut. into it. That's it. And don't do that. Yeah, that's how you die. Anyways, welcome back, Sean. Welcome back. How was your Halloween? Happy Halloween. You know what I was just thinking about? You know what was the fun part of the market? was the SPACs. There's no more SPACs. Haven't heard of SPAC in I know. Forever. I kind of miss them. I know. I kind of miss them. Uh, what was it? Uh, IPOA, IPOB, IPOC. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, uh, what was the king of the SPAC? What was that guy's name? Man. They're gonna write. They're gonna write books about that guy one day. Holly Hapatia, Shamath. Shamath, that's it. Shamath. I know. It's like it's something really unique. Couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shamath. That dude. Yep. He was running. He was just. It, he was just setting them all up, funding them, them out, man. The Churning them out. He's literally going to be a, a movie character one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, unfortunately how it goes sometimes. Is the money gets a little excessive, and then, boom. And then here Musical we are. chair stops and everything takes a beating. But anyways, welcome back, everyone, to Craft Advice with Jack and Sean. Uh, we're going to kind of do some macro stuff. The market's got a lot of news going on, so we're going to kind of move around current events tied to the stock market, the economy. But, Sean, what do you drink? I'll, I'll go with what I'm drinking. Yeah, uh, there's you, a BOGO drinking, right Jack? now. <laughs> Elysium Space Dust IPA has a BOGO Ooh, that's good. in Publix. So I like that. Load up, everybody. That's a solid one. Yeah. Um, and I do have my, the first uh, current event, Sean. So, by the way, I want to go first because I want to I want to turn <laughs> your conspiracy theory hat right on. Fired up. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, so, I've got a little Southern Swells uh, as usual. This is a white belt IPA, a little white IPA uh, from the Dojo Brew. Very solid. 6.6 uh, ABV. Mm-hmm. Cheers, man. Smooth. Very delicious. Cheers. Yeah, it's a little citrusy, but it's, it's pretty solid. You want right, to start with some, uh... Jump in, jump in. What do you got? We're fired up. I love it. I love the energy. Spring. What do you got? Do you want to start with a M&A deal? Yes. There is <laughs> a big pharma company buying a heart. Oh, I saw that. Oh, my Lord. Are you kidding me? This can't be real. This is like a movie. This is insane. Mm-hmm. For those who aren't aware, all right. So, um, what's the name of the uh, what's the name of the the, 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 the pharmaceutical? It's not pharmaceutical. It's a. Um, I'm, I'll th- I'll find that. It's the heart. It's the heart uh, company. I'm trying to think of the, correct. the name of it. But anyway, so all right. So for those listening out there, uh, Johnson and Johnson is in talks of purchasing a company that specializes in some type of heart valve or some type of heart uh, replace, like kind of a. Some kind of something to basically Abiomed, the name of the company. Abiomed, there you go. That specifically treats or focuses on abnormal heartbeat rhythms and uh, myocarditis. myocarditis. Here you go. Isn't that something? This is called the circle of life, right there. That is the circle of life. Oh man. Well, what what's interesting? What an incredible turn of events. How is so that they, illegal? Yeah, so it's maybe yeah. one of the companies that caused heart issues is now buying a company to, you know, it's a way to profit off of the uh, repair of those uh, those uh, injuries. Don't they call it a flywheel in the tech sector? 
Um, They're going to just own anyways. the whole, uh, you know, that's incredible. Well, and I did, a lot, I, I like did Pfizer see that. came out with some news saying that they expect somewhere between 16 and 18 billion in revenue to be lost over the next, whatever, five, seven years. Cause a lot of the stuff that they have coming through is going to fall off patent. And so then the generics can come in and take over it. But I just Thank wanted to God. start with that because I thought that was hilarious news. I know we've talked a little bit about COVID during this entire last couple of years, but it's very, very interesting. And I wonder if this will get flagged on a podcast for misinformation. So we'll I would love to. I would we'll love see, to but be it's very interesting honor. to see a complete pivot in the direction of what the company actually does. So, And it's not like this is a small acquisition. $16.6 billion. With They're a buying a heart device maker. The deal would add heart pumps, fast-growing part of the medical device. Hey, move industry. closer to your microphone. Stop sitting so far back. All right. All right. To the people. All right. All right. To the people. Sorry. Getting upset over here in the corner. Um, but anyways, let me, yeah, yeah. so here, I'll, I'll read this off. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Um, J&J agrees to buy a heart device maker, Abiomed, for $16.6 billion. So this isn't like a small acquisition. This isn't like a small purchase. That's a that's a big deal. And this apparently, so so this is how they spin it is, the deal would add heart pumps, a fast-growing part of the medical device industry, to Johnson & Johnson's lineup. Yeah, now they're just drive, buying this company because this is, this is a, it's a growing, happening space within uh Health within healthcare. Yep. Cause the problem and then solve it with another solution. Isn't that something? Man. Woo. All right. So kind of like if you go back to you know the cigarette industry converted to the vapor industry, and it's just a matter of time before they start selling the therapeutics and remedies for lung cancer. I know. Anyways, I thought that was funny, but Anyways, moving on. Let's let's talk about the Dow. We were talking about this. Moving on. Yes, forward. best month. So the best October since 1975. Do you see a so chart can, of it? It literally um, looks like Tesla stock in 2020, just <laughs> vertical. I know. It's great. Thing hasn't, thing hasn't done that since 1975. Yeah. It's moving. <laughs> Fun fact, though. So the Dow, what's kind of funny is they always joke, there's a running joke in the industry that the Dow Jones will kick out companies every once in a while, typically for underperformance. They'll drop it from the index. Mm -hmm. There's only 30 companies in the index, so they'll bump one, mm -hmm. add one to it. So that's where companies like ExxonMobil were dropped. Apple comes in. Salesforce was a re recent um, addition a couple of years back. The joke is that as a company gets added to the index, it underperforms. And as one gets kicked out of the index, it overperforms. And just even looking at a chart of the Dow Jones versus ExxonMobil stock, which is what was kicked out, it's yep. laughable as far as <laughs> all the energy guys get booted yeah. over just a year. And so without having any real energy exposure in the portfolio or in, in the Dow, I guess, so it's like a under 4% exposure to energy and boom, it's still holding up quite well in this market, which means there's some defensive sectors really doing well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's pretty incredible. When you look at tech down 32, 35%, right? In that range, you've got the S&P down 20, 21%. Um, and then you've got the Dow down 10, right? 10 and change. I mean, the Dow, which is all equities, has outperformed the, the Barclays 
uh, aggregate bond index, right? So the, the S&P 500, if you will, for those listening, that's, that's what we would consider the S&P 500 for the bond market, uh, you know, the, the broadest bond index that's used within professional money managers, financial advisors, et cetera, asset allocation models. Uh, and that thing is down, I want to say 16, let me see what it is, a little up today. Yep, sixteen oh seven through uh, through today with a little uh, well, with a little upswing today to take some of that bite out. But I mean, you've got the Dow outperforming the broader bond market. You've got the Dow outperforming again every other area of the stock market, and they don't even have uh, much you know energy exposure to speak of, like you said. So it's pretty incredible to watch. So question, or let's see if you can get this one. So Exxon rotation. Rem- was removed from the Dow mm-hmm. August of 2020. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Now the Dow since then is up 20%. Pretty good. It's like a almost 10% annualized return over that time period. What do you think ExxonMobil's up over that same time period? If I was to guess, when what 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 say the month again? August 2020. August of 2020? Uh 150%. 207%. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, man, energy's been killing. It's wild. That goes back to it. And I think who replaced it? I mean, year to date, that was up 75%. Actually, you know what else was removed? Reading the same article. (laughs) Good old Pfizer was removed. That's doubled the return of the S&P 500 over that Mm. time period. Salesforce was added into the market. And it's down 26%. So basically, they added Salesforce, which went down. They added, mm-hmm. removed ExxonMobil, which went up tenfold. So that just mm-hmm. shows you the whole thing's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Dogs of the Dow. Pretty funny. Dogs of the Dow is right. So, anyways, yeah. values holding it up. Value is holding up the market right now, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it depends on what this Fed language is going to be later this afternoon. Because uh, for those listening, again, we are recording this the day the Fed is announcing, but before the uh, information has been released. General consensus, however, is still that they are going to uh, increase another three quarters or 75 basis points, uh, three quarters of a percent. Yep. And ideally, they're going to provide some more uh, what they call dovish language or softer language around expectations for future rate increases or there's kind of the glide path going forward. Um, hopefully what they're going to say is that we're going to extend that runway and maybe even reduce these cuts or they give some type of clear intention of, hey, we hope to be winding this down by early summer or late spring or something along those lines. But, you know, all things considered, we're going to continue to focus on the data and how that you know, how those reports roll in. But if they could provide some type of window into, I guess, maybe a time frame on when this is going to stop, uh, I think that's going to be very well received by the market. So fingers crossed. Yep. Yep. All right. So what do we, we want to go to next? What other topics are sticking out to you this week? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, the rate hike's a big one. Uh, like we've said with everybody, uh, you know, we've, we've said it for a long time, and it's, it's, it's almost those times have come and gone, uh, refinancing, right? So now if you're in a situation, uh, you know, unless you have something that's variable rate, then you, know, you 
still want to get out of that uh, because that is definitely going to continue to go up. <clears throat> but otherwise, uh, it, it does seem that we're going to be in a high interest rate environment for a while. Uh, but I'll throw this question out to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on this being maybe not the bottom, but pretty close to the bottom uh, for bonds? And we could start seeing, again, some type of relief in interest rates, let's say, in the next four to six months. Uh, so I was listen actually listening to a webinar from a very large bank, and they were saying most baby boomers that have either equity at home or have larger investment accounts. A lot of people had a lot of cash going into the year, but if you're someone that was invested in bonds or buying into bonds yeah. two, three years ago, it almost made no sense. I mean, you're literally getting a yield of one, one and a half, two percent. Yeah. Yep. High yield was like four percent, which mm -hmm. right now is like a one year CD is four <laughs> percent. I know. That's so you're finally at an opportunity where if you hadn't been buying bonds, I think now might be a more appealing time. Absolutely. You're locking in higher rates. Yes, you could still have some pressure if interest rates continue to go higher. I think they're kind of projected, you know, by the time we get to 2024, they're going to start tapering down. At least that's kind of what the Fed dot plot looks like. But mm -hmm. I would almost think if you're investing for a long period of time and you can lock some capital in, I mean, there's even, I saw there was bonds for Occidental Petroleum, which is basically owned by Berkshire Hathaway, which yep, yep. just a few years are paying 10%. There's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say risk-free, but much less risk investments than the stock market that the yields are compelling. I think that's part of the reason you haven't had the rebound in stocks as people are evaluating, hey, can I take my cash and buy it yeah. on? I need to take all this stock risk. You got yeah, absolutely. killed riding out the year, but I think from where we're looking today, you know, if you had sold a business, your fixed income portion of your portfolio can actually provide a return, which is not like it used to. Yeah, no, I mean, I think right now it, it definitely makes sense to at least entertain uh, maybe some type of bond laddering strategy. Right? I mean, if you take if you take a five-year ladder, uh, I mean, you could you could probably get some really compelling uh, yields, right? I mean, four, four and a half percent to stretch that out and lock that in because I don't think in four and a half, I don't think in two years or three years, rates are going to be anywhere near they, where they are today uh, simply because we can't afford them. Yep. Right, debt servicing would be too expensive. I mean, they touched on it. I believe somebody from the administration made a comment about it the other day. Um, I'm not sure if maybe they're trying to suggest that the Fed should lower rates because of it. Maybe put some external pressure on the Fed or something. I'm not sure what it was, but I will say that it. Uh, they even acknowledged it that if we allow rates to continue to rise and stay elevated, that debt servicing costs will surpass uh, military spending. I think by 2024. Yeah. Well, I think the pretty... bigger risk is internationally. I mean, you're going to oh, really yeah. change who's on your side politically. If yeah. all these companies with den dollar denominated debt are just getting killed, where mm -hmm. the cost for them to borrow or to pay back, especially if their currency is weakening. So we have a stronger dollar. We have higher rates. I mean, just like that makes a company that's going to do some sort of, uh, you know, if you're like a, new age tech company you've been borrowing billions at zero percent now it's going to cost you six percent you can't go hire thirty thousand software developers same thing here with some of these company companies there or countries rather they're borrowing money from the us at times to cover yeah. maybe 
cost of living, for importing stuff from the U.S. Yeah, or just floating, right, floating between, exactly, floating exports, right? And that cost, it's just continuously, like, it, it's going up at an exorbitant level uh, for, for, for those nations. Um, I, mean, lo- I mean, look at the yen. Just look at Japan. I mean, it's, their currency is, here, let me pull it up, because it's, it's pretty staggering. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, we're at 147 on the yen. So to put that in a perspective, let's see, the one-year chart. So the yen was trading last year. Let's just say December. Year-to-date, it was trading around 112. So 147 for a currency, that is massive, massive movement. I mean, that's if, if you go back and look at their chart, the chart of the currency, I mean, it literally looks like, a stock. It just goes vertical. I mean, doesn't look good. No, man, it's, it's, they're, they're getting crushed. Um, and again, like you said, that's an ally. So the euro's doing the same thing, right? The euro's getting crushed. Uh, the pound's getting crushed. I mean, really every other currency except for ours is getting destroyed. Yeah. Um, and so that is going to continue. I mean, the, the UN even came out and said something a couple weeks ago, right? They're like, hey, if we continue, down this road, uh, you know, the U.S. could have some spillover effects in the developed world that may not be easily fixable. And so we could worsen the global recession by trying to reduce inflation here domestically because all we're doing is exporting. Yep. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing right now, I would say. Uh, I mean, how long... How long do we continue to raise rates? How long does inflation continue to remain sticky? Um, I don't know, but I would definitely, I would be on the side that this is close to peak rates for the time being. We may not be there, right? Obviously today there's gonna be a Fed announcement, most likely 75 basis points, we'll probably continue to see rate hikes into the spring, but I think we're pretty close to, to peak rates uh, in the next six months. I don't, I don't think they can go much further than what they're doing right now. They got Dr. David Kelly on right now. So depending on, uh, they always bring him in from JP Morgan to yeah. review the earnings or the uh, the Fed notes. So we'll see how Dr. that goes. I got Dr. Dave. Different story for you here. Yeah. So this is, this was actually this morning. CVS and Walgreens have agreed to pay $10 billion to settle the opioid crisis lawsuits brought by states, cities, and other governments. The two U.S. drug stores, so they reached the framework to settle a collection of lawsuits Brought by governments, Native American tribes, blaming the pharmacies for fueling the nation's opioid crisis. Are you touching any of those with a 10-foot pole? Those companies? Yeah. Or just those topics? <laughs> Either mean, or. Opioids yeah, yeah, or yeah. opioid selling companies. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't touch any of those things with a 10-foot pole, but I don't know. There's, they've made so much money off of COVID and this whole thing. It's... it's it's almost a wash with everything that's happened with the opioid crisis, uh, unfortunately. You want to hear uh, something nuts? Yeah. How much revenue, top line revenue, do you think CBS does? Um, $100 billion. $292 billion. <laughs> I almost said two. I, thought it was I didn't yeah, realize there's that many people going in there. And I'm guessing it's yeah. going to be their pharmacy stuff. It's just all the, all the profit for them, but... 
I mean, for these guys adding to their expense line, I mean, their cost of goods sold is like 240. So there's like $50 billion in gross profit before they get into whatever, designing new stands for sunscreen yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before, before we get into the uh, the product design of those dollar, uh, those dollar China, Chinese toys. Yeah. Yeah. And those self checkout counters they're starting to put in there. But yeah. This, this to me just seems like these companies are going to have the same issue over and over and over and over again. I mean, these, a lot of people own these stocks because they're dividend paying companies. You know, they have a huge amount of revenue. This isn't like all the tech companies that went from a billion to 4 billion and people were like, oh, the stock value needs to go up tenfold now. These are companies mm -hmm. that have hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue a year. So a $10 billion, billion fine is kind of minimal. It's going to hit them for a quarter or two. Yep. I mean, Grant's going to eat a lot out of their profit, but it's basically just going to go into the expense line. But I don't know. Yeah. How do you look at these companies from like an investment standpoint? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I, I do think they're scummy. I think they're kind of sleazy companies. Um, but I, I think, unfortunately, the, the system is built where it's a positive feedback loop for them. Um, kind of no matter what happens, like if there's any kind of other health scare pandemic, anything, I mean, it's just, they have such a broad network that the government's going to plug into them right away, just like what they did with COVID. So there's always that, yep. that de facto uh, network that they have. It's almost like um, somebody was describing uh, Tesla the other day about how, why they are so much more ahead of everybody else. And it's not because of the vehicles, it's because of the charging stations and the network. And so how wide and how valuable that network is that their vehicles can basically cruise everywhere in the country. And they're all within a very close distance of, you know, those uh, superchargers that get them done in you know, 10 to 30 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas everybody else has different gear, right? So they can't use those Tesla charging stations. They have to find one of theirs. Oftentimes they're not superchargers. Oftentimes it's just, again, it, it, the value sometimes is in the network and not the product not the product and that's definitely what it seems like CVS has it's that yep. network uh they're everywhere uh i mean they're in with every pharma company they're i mean all the insurance guys i mean it's just they are in like an alabama tick dug in dug in huh so it just i mean it, it just almost seems like an, it's an unfortunate um it, it's a it's a relationship that will continue to you know, it, they're going to continue to generate, you know, income no matter what they do wrong. Right? They do something like with the opioid crisis or if they find out down the road that there's some type of culpability with certain things they may have done uh, during the COVID, you know, whole thing. They'll, like you said, they'll get fined. They'll get fined a, a minor thing, you know, relatively speaking. Maybe it's 25% of their earnings for a year, you know, which is a big deal. But at the same time, um, yeah, I, I think they kind of just take these things and, and keep it moving take these fines and keep chugging their business models too dug in. There's too many other big players that they have such a symbiotic relationship. Their network is too big. They're going to continue to be, you know, almost like an insurance company. So last thing I want to get to, cause it's kind of hilarious is Twitter. So yeah, since Elon took over, well, that's Friday, definitely been the most enjoyable news. That's been the most, most enjoyable news for a while. So a couple things. First, he started fact-checking the White House, which is kind of kind of ridiculous. But um, <laughs> the second aspect was somebody asked him on Twitter, what's the number one reason that Twitter's been failing as a business? 
And his response was for every one coder or programmer, there's 10 managers. So mm -hmm. just loaded with all of this monotonous stuff. So I'm really interested to see how the remainder of this year goes. He turned off all content moderation ahead of the yeah. midterms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that. it kind of seems like, you know, you're seeing celebrities go nuts with this. All the media outlets are kind of freaking out that, yeah. you know, billionaires got in charge of this platform. He's taking out democracy. <laughs> It's so great. No, did you see there was a, uh, I'm loving it. I love it. I love every second of it. I love the entirety of it. I love everything about it. There's a, uh, a buddy of mine sent me a, uh, a tweet this morning. They, they slapped a fact check on the white house, the white house's official account. Um, here we go. I'll, and I'll read it. This is, this is from the white house official account. Seniors are getting the biggest increase in social security checks in 10 years through Biden's President Biden's leadership, which obviously that's not the case because it's an automatic thing. So they slap up a fact check on the White House. Seniors will, you know, fact checked. Seniors will receive a large Social Security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which was based on the inflation rate. President Nixon in 1972 signed into law the automatic benefit adjustment tied to consumer price index. And it gives the specific publication and federal law. So it's obviously black and white right there. It's just, it's, I think it's so incredible that this is happening. I love it. I really enjoy it. I'm enjoying every minute. deleted that tweet. <laughs> it's so great. Due to his, due to his leadership that, that drove inflation so high, it's automatically, so technically it's true, depending on what, you, you know, how you view it, right? His, hard work and leadership drove that inflation rate really high, which naturally kicked in a law that was passed by a Republican president in 1972 that automatically gives them a, uh, an increase. Pretty, uh, pretty. Yep. Incredible. So the question but would no, be, Elon yep. wants to charge $8 for Twitter blue. Are you signing up for that? Yeah. I mean, I think I would, I think eight, eight bucks a month is, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Is it eight bucks a year or a month? So it's eight bucks a month. And supposedly what they're going to do is certain news outlets. If they're kind of like Apple has their news program, you pay whatever, 10 bucks. And then you can read articles for wall street journal or magazines. So he's trying to do something similar. It's going to allow you to, I believe focus. Like, so if you follow somebody else, you're going to yep. be able to, if the two of you are both verified and you send a comment or note, it'll kind of expedite it to the top so they can kind of read it or help find it. Nice. So it sounds like he's trying to do this to just get bots off the platform. Yeah. If it's, I mean, you that's know, if you only want to view verified right accounts, that'll, yeah, remove them out of the system. But I, I don't know. I think I'm pretty positive on this because I get a lot of my news from Twitter. I mean, anytime there's a mm -hmm. SpaceX launch, I'll watch it on Twitter. If there's, yeah. Even something that happens locally, you know, we were driving over the Skyway Bridge once down to Sarasota and there's huge, just fume of smoke piling up over in Tampa. You can't see where it is. So yeah, open Twitter, type in Tampa fire and boom, pops right up. Someone, no, it's, some, it's pretty some incredible. junkyard caught on fire. And so I think the platform has great legs. It's just full of shit right now. So if he charges money to get the shit off, then maybe it becomes a more viable business. Yeah, I mean, I think when uh, I think Jack, it got to a point where it got so big and, and Jack almost lost control over it as he was stepping away and working on other things that 
it was taken over by people who were more concerned with, uh, you know, kind of uh, social missions or political missions versus the growth of the company. And again, just trying to, trying to generate revenue, right? Trying to make a, a more profitable, better product. And yep. um, it's funny, Mark Andreessen uh, said in a podcast I was listening to, and he was, he was talking about how with their, their, uh, their funds, right? The companies that they invest in, they specifically will not invest in a company that employs people like that because at the end of the, he was, his point is that at the end of the day, to be successful with any business in any sector requires hyper-focus, all of your attention, all of your effort, all of your resources, all of, you know, everything you've got just to be successful, then to be successful within tech, then to be successful within the informational side, kind of that news coverage side is so hyper-competitive. It's like, there's really no other place for these other sidesteps. And that's also why Twitter's never made any money. I mean, if you yep. look at the stock, it's you know below the IPO price. I mean, it's a, it's something that has a massive amount of potential, which is obviously why he paid, he paid what he paid for it. Um, but it's, but it's something that's going to need to change. And I think there's, that's what they're doing, right? They're restricting some of the ability of the content moderators. They're thinning out the herd with some of the excessive management and kind of oversight within the company, wasted positions that aren't really adding to the, to the bottom line. Yep. Um, so I think all that's good. I mean, he's bringing in some of the best minds from Tesla and some of the other, just like, you know, hugely impactful, you know, truly mission driven types of companies that he deals with to bring in to focus on Twitter and how can we fix this, right? How can we open source it? How can we make it transparent? How can we get rid of the bots? How can we make it better than what it is today? And I don't know. I'm pretty, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm optimistic on it. Nice. Well, let's wrap it up. All right. 75 basis points was put in. So but as we said at the beginning, status quo on the interest rate raises. So the market kind of already priced that. Looks like some of the banks are spiking a little bit. Just less bad yeah. news going to make the market go up from this point. So any it. final thoughts, Sean? No, uh, everybody just kind of, you know, keep your powder dry, stay focused, you know, always uh, understand why you're investing and, and stay disciplined. Sounds Cheers, good. everybody. On that, adios. Adios. Till next week. Nice quick one. There we go. Jack and Sean work for Senge Advisory Group, a registered investment advisory firm. All discussions between Jack and Sean or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Senge Advisory Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Senge Advisory Group may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.